The Air Attack with BC the Man can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Anchor app. Subscribe and share today. What's up, guys? We are back on the air attack. I, of course, am your pal, BC. You can follow me on Twitter at BC, AK the man. You can check out the show at facebook.com slash the air attack. Hope you guys all enjoyed your Christmas. Mine was spent uh, on the road in New Orleans. Uh, kind of a good time. Low key, more low key. Nobody wants to go downtown in New Orleans anymore. Anyone from there tells you, don't go downtown. Don't do whatever you do. Don't go downtown. I went downtown a couple times, but in the time I was there, close to two weeks, I think I was downtown maybe twice, maybe three times. People are, are scared. They just feel like there's too much crime. And and honestly, I, I could count on one hand the number of cops that I saw within New Orleans. Now, I stayed outside New Orleans. I stayed about 10 minutes outside the city itself. Technically not in New Orleans. Same part, same area, same general, like really the same the same place where the Saints have their practice facility. Close by, but not actually New Orleans. I could count on one hand the number of cops I saw. There were areas where they usually decorate for Christmas. They don't decorate anymore. Some of the restaurants are just complete trash now. I, it's it's unfortunate, but it's just it's the truth. Anyway, as uplifting as that is, I had a pretty good time. So uh, good trip. Uh, dinner was at 1.30 on Christmas. Now, here's the thing. This is just me trying to educate people not to complain about anything. That's not my nature. We all know that. But 1.30 dinner on a holiday, and then people have to leave that place. You have to have a plan for your second dinner. You can call it dinner all you want at 1.30. That's lunch. I don't care. You have steak and potatoes and the whole nine yards. It's a nice meal. A beautiful meal. Really good. Good bourbon. The whole nine yards. But when's the last time you had a big meal at 1.30 and just didn't eat for the whole rest of the damn day? Especially when it's a holiday. You can't do that. You can't expect. Come on now. And then on top of that, someone got the idea that we would all go to some festival at City Park, which is basically New Orleans. It's basically the equivalent in New Orleans of Central Park but just not quite as much rape. Really not even close to the amount of rape that happens in, in Central Park. It happens at City Park. Anyway, it's nice. They got a bunch of Christmas lights. I've seen it. The kids want to go. A couple kids want me to go. And I'm like, I'll tell you what. There's a driving part. There's a part where you sit in the car. And there's a part where you walk around. I'm not walking around. I'm wearing nice sneakers. No one told me about this shit. No one told me about any of this. It literally was like a surprise. Like they're, like everyone was doing me a favor. And I'm like, I'm not wearing carnival clothes. That's what this is. It's a big festival of lights and there's little shitty carnival rides. That's So you need carnival clothes. You need like an older pair of sneakers. Like you're going, you know, your ball game sneakers. The sneakers you wear to a ball game, that's what you would wear if you're going to a, an amusement park or, or, a, or a city park or anything involving rides, kids, slop, mud, whatever, whatever it is. All the hazards that you have out there. I'm not wearing, I've, I've worn these sneakers like 12 times in my life. I, I'm sorry. I'm not wearing this shit. Like, these clothes, no way. But I'll go for the driving part. I'll go for that. And I only agreed to do that because the Broncos basically pulled a no-show in the first half and were getting their doors blown off by the Rams. And even that game, I had nothing going on in the game, but that game was just completely non-competitive. And even, you know, in the context of a holiday, who wants to sit there and continue to watch that? So, okay, I'll go for the, the ride-along part, but then I'm going to go be my own guy. If, if the Giants had been playing in that middle window or if it was like the Cowboys-Eagles game from Saturday or if I had something going on myself with that game, there's not a chance. There's a 0% chance I would have done any of it. I don't care who bought what for me, what they paid and what they had. I don't care whose hopes and dreams were relying on me sitting in a car and looking at lights. I just wouldn't have gone. So I tried. I really tried. I said, you know what? Okay, some of the kids want me to go. Okay, you know what? I'll go for the ride-along part. The problem was they couldn't even get from the house to the park without confusion and bickering and then circling back to the home from where we left. They couldn't even get that part straight. 
And when we got back to that house, I took the opportunity, opened the door, and just bailed. I just did. I basically did a stunt roll at the door and said, "See you guys later. Go talk and argue amongst yourselves. I'll be somewhere else since I went there with Chris." And that's what I did. That was my Christmas night. Not nearly as dramatic as if you flew Southwest Airlines. Um, what a disgrace! What an absolute disgusting display from this horrible, despicable company. I understand you only have so many airlines out there. Some of you, the solution is very simple. Don't fly with these people and watch how quickly they stop acting like this. What a joke. Southwest Airlines basically didn't have enough people staffed to fly the holidays. There's no possible way they didn't know this was coming. So either a pilot, crew, you have to have a certain amount of flight attendants. You got to have a pilot. You got to have an assistant, a first mate, whatever the fuck they call it in the air. You have to have these people, you know, according to FAA regulations, just to get a plane off the ground. They didn't have it. And not only did they not have it, somehow everyone's luggage got lost and it was basically people three, four hours to get their luggage. And they weren't the only ones. I was hearing reports of United flying people's luggage in separate flights. So they get stuck at the airport, but their luggage is in Tampa. That was one of that just happened to be one of the cities that I read about. That's a farce. I mean, this is supposed to be like federally regulated. The government is, is on top of this stuff. And finally, Mayor Pete's like, oh, yeah, this is no good. We're going to look into it. Hopefully they give you your money back. Not money back. You're wasting people's time and you're losing shit. And there's no way all of this stuff is going to make it back to you. Like if your luggage gets lost, you probably have like an 80% chance of getting it back. But you're still without your stuff. There's stuff in there that you need. People have, you know, their deodorant and their toothbrush and their contact lenses. They can have medicine in there and it's just gone. It's, yeah, well, you know, we don't know where it is. Well, you know, we understand your frustration. Stick with us. Stick with us. We're going to keep you updated up as it becomes available. But we have no updates at this time. Southwest Airlines was telling people like 12 hours after their flight was scheduled that their flight was canceled. They were telling people at 4 o'clock in the afternoon that their flight was going to take off at 2.30. Like they were sending out reports of cancellations and delays two, three hours later than they should have been sending them out. So it was almost like they were intentionally hurting people to the airport just to create fucking misery. Like you're being punished for traveling during the holidays. It was ridiculous. I hate to say it, but it was the best advertisement for driving to where you want to go. We drove. And I tell you, that was the best thing I ever did in my life. I would have freaked the hell out if someone lost my bags or lost my luggage or misplaced. That was ridiculous. The other good thing about driving is that you're not beholden to any kind of schedule. You can just sort of leave when you want to leave. You get pissed off. Say, you know, fuck you people. I'm going to leave. Or if you want to stay later and have some fun, you know, you just, you just it's open-ended. It's up to you. You're, you're doing things according to your schedule. And I know flying is, is a little bit of a gamble, but my God, that's a joke. That's an absolute disgrace. And, and I get the idea. Look, there's, a, there's blizzards. There's bad weather across the country. Um, thankfully, the heroic governor of New York has informed us that she sees the effects of climate change firsthand. This is climate change. It's never snowed in Buffalo before. Never. It's historic. Well, since the 70s, when the world was also ending. My God. She said something along the lines of that was the blizzard that put Western New York on the map in terms of bad weather. What, do you, what kind of a moron do you have to be to say something like that? How dumb do you have to be? How dumb does your team have to be to put you in front of a bunch of microphones so you can say something so dumb as nobody knew what the weather was like in western New York until the 70s when there was a blizzard? And now this is climate change. and We have to do something about this. People are dying. People were literally freezing to death in their cars. Like three or four dozen people actually froze to death on highways in upstate New York because they decided they were going to brave the elements, which is something else, too. I know the flying can suck, and I know sometimes you want to drive. Don't be a tough guy. There's nothing, there's nothing impressive about saying, oh, I got it, and I'm going to drive in the freezing rain and the ice and the snow. You're just fighting a losing battle, and you're putting other people in danger, too, because the people that have to come get you now are going to have a problem. 
All it takes is for your car to skid out of control and you can't get a cell phone signal or what have you or people can't get to you in the first hour or two and you are in real, real trouble. And unfortunately, a bunch of people learn that the hard way. I'm not making fun of them. I'm just saying next time, stay home. Just stay. Just don't go anywhere. The best thing you can do sometimes in that terrible weather is not go anywhere. But I also don't need the governor of New York taking pictures of herself on her cell phone with some crumpled hat that they took out of someone's golf bag to put on top of her head and say, hey, look, I'm talking to the president. I'm talking to the president. This is leadership. And by the way, climate change. It's ridiculous. Speaking of which, I'm not a big Andrew Tate fan. I really don't know who the guy is. Former kickboxer, smart ass, apparently has a lot of money. Goes on the Internet. I guess it was yesterday. Goes on Twitter and starts making fun of Greta Thunberg. I think that's how you pronounce her name now. You know, that, that weird little Swedish girl who tells you about the weather and how you're all going to die because she has rich parents. Um, she apparently said something back to him. So he did a video and he had a pizza box in the video that had the name of a brand of Romanian pizza. And people are claiming that that got him arrested. Now he's arrested, investigated for human trafficking or rape or something. And I'm like... That pizza chain has, I looked it up, they've got like dozens of locations around Romania. You're telling me a video with a pizza box, this is how intellectually dull you people have become in your quest to make this girl something important. You're telling me, it's, it's like their version of Domino's. There's, there's locations all over Romania. Him having a pizza box proved he was in Romania and the story is that that's how they got him? If he's a known fugitive... Why would you not already know he was in the country? Is he sneaking in and out of the country? Because if he's sneaking in and out of the country, that means he knows he's wanted there. And he's obviously got a shit ton of money. So why would you sneak in and out of a place where, they're, where you're wanted where you can just go anywhere else in the world? None of that makes any sense whatsoever. Like, none of it. Plus, wouldn't you know from the video that he's shooting what the inside of his house looks like? Because he's, he's being accused of some kind of human trafficking. He was running some kind of webcam business and apparently abusing the girls and keeping them there against their will. If he did that, then he deserves to be arrested. But you're so like there is such there's such a campaign out there to glorify Greta Thunberg, her screaming, yelling fits, which are completely scripted by the people she's supposedly yelling at. But never mind all that. But you're so desperate to make her significant and to make her and to get her name out there that you're you'll just say any damn thing to make her look important. How would a pizza box possibly have gotten this guy caught? Like if they wanted him that badly and they said he was home. So wouldn't you have his home under surveillance if he's wanted? Wouldn't you have people checking out like his cell phone data, flight records, things of that nature? You're telling me he's like sneaking in and out of the country, but also recording videos from his home to let you know where he, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. But once the barking seals get a little momentum, that's it. Arf, arf, arf. Little Greta outfoxed him. She outsmarted him. She lured him into capture. Wait a second. If they really wanted to capture him, why wouldn't they just capture him at the airport, what kind of law enforcement are they running over in Romania? You got a guy who's a known fugitive world traveler. Okay, he's coming in the country. He's leaving the country. When he comes back in the country, there are flight records. You could just get him before he even gets off the fucking plane. Like, oh, no, 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 no. Let's not go through all that. Let's just wait until the next time he posts a video, and then we'll examine the video. And if we see anything incriminating or anything that clues us into his whereabouts, like, I don't know, like a pizza box, let's just wait for that. Doesn't make a drop of sense like a lot of what's pushed out there lately just no sense whatsoever but once the barking seals start clapping and barking in the whole nine yards hey listen it's over it's over that's their truth and there's no there's no talking him out of it bottom line we also have a guy who is about to be sworn in or i don't know if he's going to be sworn in now or not george santos ran for congress at a new york republican gay and last name santos i'm assuming he's latino except he claims he's jewish 
which um, apparently is a lie. We've gotten to the point now where we've got a guy named Beto Rourke claiming he's Mexican and a guy named George Santos claiming he's Jewish. Also, why are you so hell-bent on and making people think that you're Jewish? There's a question there, too. But anyway, he may or may not now be a member of Congress. They may not let him uh, live this down. A little more digging, and I mean just digging through his Twitter. And again, follow me on Twitter at BCAK, the man. You can dig through my Twitter, too, if you want to. But if you dig through his Twitter a little bit, um, he claims his mother died in 9-11. And then a few years later, he claimed his mother had just died recently, like not 9-11. You cannot be a congressman from New York and make shit up about 9-11. You just can't. You, you just cannot do that. And they should get rid of him. I understand that he'll probably get replaced by a Democrat. You'll lose a seat. You know what? Vet your candidates better. I don't care what you say. You can't be from New York and have a guy lying about 9-11 representing you in Congress. You, you just can't. That just can't be the case. Quite frankly, I think it's ridiculous he made it this far. My his name is George Santos. I, I don't want to stereotype here. I don't think that's a Jewish name. I, I know a lot of Jewish people. I don't think that's a Jewish name. I don't think it is. I know, I know. On the mother's side, please spare me. Just enough. My goodness. These are the people who decide if we go to war or not. God, what a joke. Anyway, another story real quick before we get to the football stuff and the gambling part of the program. Uh, Chris Beard gets arrested a couple weeks ago. Uh, fiance claims that he strangled her after she broke his glasses. This sounds like a very mature relationship. They're fighting. He comes home from work, won't talk to her, sits in the guest room, still won't talk to her. She decides, I know what I'll do. I'll break your damn glasses. He decides he's going to break her glasses. She claims he strangled her. I was not there. You were not either. Then the story changes. She releases an apology for her role in the matter, says that he never strangled her, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The Barking Seals, of course, are not satisfied. They know for a fact that this man's an abuser. Why? Because they already said he was an abuser. So that's it. Otherwise, they're just popping off at the mouth. And Well, that can't be the case. They can't be bad people. So Chris Beard has to be a bad person. Her stories don't add up. That's that's obvious. Which side do you want to take here? And, and it's, it's just speculation on your part. You know, don't be a barking seal, but which one is it? Is it the heat of the moment emotion from the first, the first conversation she had with the cops? Or is it the, well, listen, I thought this through, and there's a lot of fucking money on the line here, and I'm probably going to stay with this guy, so uh, he didn't strangle me. Which one's the truth? And I don't know which one it is. Supposedly, she had bite marks. She had some kind of scratches, which if there's a scuffle, there's a scuffle. That's all there is to it. Um, but understand this. The cops have to show up at your home. There's a good chance one of you is leaving with them. Okay, especially if you're a guy and the woman is the one who called the cops. Bottom line. I don't know anything about these two or their personal life, and I really don't care to, but Texas obviously has to suspend him in this case. But in terms of firing him, it's not that simple. And, and people, you know, remember Marcelo Zuna from the Braves? They knew he had beaten the shit out of his wife. He's a monster. He should never play baseball again. He's disgusting. He's disgusting. Oh, it's disgusting. Because the police report said he was beating the shit out of her with the cast on his wrist, beating her in the face. Only problem was the cops were wearing body cams. And when the footage came out, guess what? No bashing. Now he had grabbed her. I mean, he was he was definitely restraining her. He was definitely getting physical with her. But that's a far cry from beating her in the face with a cast. The police report was simply wrong. It just was. It just was not accurate. Why? Is it, is it icky racism? Is it is it heat of the moment? Is it confusion? Is it a guy who just doesn't like the Braves? I don't fucking know. I don't know. But the police report doesn't always tell the real story. It just doesn't. And the barking seals will tell you, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You don't put your hands on a woman. Oh, really? Ask Marcelo Zuna's wife if it matters. If, if the difference between grabbing her by the arm or bashing her in the face with a cast matters, ask her which one of those she'd rather. Give me a fucking break. 
Okay, so you don't always know the story just from the press release. Uh, that would also require you, you dummies, to, to rely on the press. Do I really need to get into what a dumb move that would be? Speaking of which, Trevor Bauer has been reinstated by Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball is not happy about it, but they, they went to an arbitrator, and he basically has maintained his innocence this entire time. And he, he contends that it shouldn't just be time served. He is entitled to his money back. That he, should, that he never should have been suspended. We'll see how that plays out. I don't know if he wants to play. I don't know who's going to have him in his locker room. He wasn't the most popular guy to begin with. So not sure how that's all going to play out. Not sure how it all plays out for Chris Beard, but Chris Beard is trying desperately to save his job, and it looks like the University of Texas also is. It looks like this is going to play itself out where Chris and the fiancé do some kind of interview in a few weeks, hold hands the entire time, look at each other, they apologize to everyone, and in the end, Chris Beard wants to keep his job and keep all that money, and I, my guess is they stay together. I have no idea. I have no idea what their history is, but I'll say this. There should be rules in place where if the cops have to keep coming to your house, you have to break up. I've said that a million times, so I don't want to hear about the next situation, how nothing happened there either. If the cops have to come to that house again, one or both of them is really screwed up in that relationship, and that's it. And by the way, this is worth mentioning. The reason the law is so strict in a lot of places and, and the reason that they make the guy stay away from the woman and they say, hey, listen, you put your hands on her, there's a thumbprint on her arm, that's it, you're under arrest, is because they've had so many problems in the past letting guys off the hook where the girl says, that's okay, he's fine, whatever, or, or the girl says, look, uh, keep him away from me, and the cop says, well, he really didn't do anything. You know, he grabbed you, but that's not a big deal. And the guy comes back and ends up beating the shit out of the woman or worse. There, there's women who, I think it just happened in New York City a couple months ago. They let the guy out with no bail and he came back and he killed the woman. So it ha so this is really, this issue starts, I understand women lie. I understand women make stuff up. This woman's lying about something here because her stories don't add up. She's contradicted herself. But this issue is where it is because of guys. Because of guys who have, who have been violent or, or worse towards women. Simple as that. I mean, obviously the most prominent one is probably OJ. But there's a million OJs out there. He didn't take it quite as far as OJ, but there's a million of them out there. There just are. So, bottom line, keep the cops out of your relationship or you're just begging for trouble. Just how it is. Just how the world is today. Also, if you're a master recruiter and you can get, you can get your team to rebound and play defense for 40 straight minutes, you've got a better than average chance of keeping your job in these circumstances. Also, just how the world is today. Anyway, let's move on to the gambling portion of the program. First, let's do the college football stuff first. Um, TCU, Michigan, 4 o'clock Eastern. Ohio State, Georgia at 8 o'clock. These games, of course, will take place on New Year's Eve, something I am very much opposed to, which I think they're doing away with when they expand the playoff. This might be the last year they're doing New Year's Eve. Maybe next year. I, I think this is the last. Watch the games at home. You can go out for the games, come home, you can shower, relax, and then go back out at 9, 10 o'clock for New Year's and not miss a beat. Not the case on the East Coast. It just isn't. It's a problem. So it looks like I'll be out for at least the TCU game. So what am I supposed to do? Go out at 4 o'clock and just stay out and just, just tear it up for 10 straight hours? Poor me. What am I? I I've never done that before. I haven't done that since... Well, Christmas in New Orleans. Anyway, uh, yeah, so it, do, it does put a little bit of a um, thorn in the side of people who are trying to do New Year's Eve stuff to have these games on New Year's Eve. Plus, if you're going out somewhere, here's something else. We're having a big New Year's party. DJ, cocktails, hors d'oeuvres, ooh, buffet. Ooh, that sounds fun. Sounds like a great way to exchange a ton of disease. Wonderful. Also, are you going to have the games on? Are you going to, never mind your past appetizers and all that horse shit. I get it. The hats, the champagne, the toast, the, all, that, all that nonsense. Are you going to have the games on? Are you going to have the games on with the sound? How is that going to work? And a lot of places don't even, that's just, how, that's just the dopey nature of a lot of restaurants and a, and a lot of nightclubs. They just don't even think about stuff like that. 
I, of course, do. If I were running those places, I would let people know, hey, we're going to have the games on. We're not going to have the games on. If I were running a place, I would do everything in my power. If I had TVs, the games would be on. Simple as that. I don't care. Otherwise, you're going to chase business away. Uh, very, very simple. Game one with TCU and Michigan. Michigan is obviously the better team here. TCU has simply just found ways to win games they weren't supposed to all year. Very easily could have lost that Texas Day game. A little bit of a no-show from the Texas offense there. The Baylor game they could have lost. Uh, it just it, it one after the other after the other. They ran into a bunch of backup quarterbacks. They sort of lucked out that way. Turnover luck. It just everything has gone their way. They lose that game to Kansas State in the Big 12 championship, and still they make it into the playoff. Okay, good for them. Sonny Dykes was coaching SMU last year. SMU, it's his first year at TCU. This is just an improbable run to the college football playoff. I'm not saying that Michigan's going to blow the doors off them, but there's a reason Michigan's only a seven, seven and a half point favorite. Michigan does have some vulnerabilities. You got a pretty good quarterback at TCU. Michigan's defense isn't quite what it used to be. It just isn't. It's not the same as last year with Aiden Hutchinson and some of those guys on the defensive line. The secondary can be beaten a little bit. Quarterback is okay. The quarterback play is just okay. It's like it's like a B. You know what I mean? B minus B. It's just decent. Their receivers have been banged up. Like Quorum got banged up. Their big time running back. I, I assume he'll be close to 100% with a lot of time to recover. This just feels like a game where you're one turnover away from TCU catching some magic. It just does. I would expect a ton of TCU fans to be there. Michigan will travel as well. But Michigan's been there before. So you get a team that, that hasn't been there. I would expect a ton of TCU fans to make their presence felt there. I, I don't know quite what to I'm not going to get involved in this game probably at all. Unless I see something live, I'll be taking this game off. But I think it'll be entertaining. I think it's a game worth catching. I know you may have you know other stuff going on. You're getting ready. You're not really paying attention. You know People are you know doing makeup and showering and stuff. But I, I would make an effort to see both these games. I think they're both intriguing. I think the real opportunity lies in the second game. I think Ohio State and Georgia are going to fly over the total. Now, I may not do it pregame. I may actually wait for an opportunity live. You can get burned this way. You can absolutely get burned this way. But I think that Kirby Smart's going to say, look, Ohio State's one of the few teams that can actually score with us. We've seen a couple teams sort of demonstrate to, to Georgia that they can move the football. Even LSU in the SEC championship game was able to move the football. They were. You know, you know, Georgia was the better team. Georgia won the game going away, and that's how it should have been. But LSU was able to move the ball a little bit. Couldn't stop Georgia, so that was a minor problem. But the bottom line is Georgia gave up over 500 yards of offense to LSU. Now, part of that was the ease with which they were scoring, but they gave up 500 yards. 500 yards of 500 yards. Nothing fluky about any of that. So this Georgia defense has a reputation that sort of precedes it. The problem is the Ohio State defense. The Ohio State defense is just loose on the back end. It just, it's just not a very good defense. They got some guys up front that are okay. They're, they're pretty good, actually. But Ohio State really hasn't slowed down any type of decent offense this entire year. They just haven't. The Michigan game was a disaster. I mean, the Michigan game was a situation where the offense actually started getting nervous. They would have been better off almost being on the road in that game because there was so much tension in that stadium once they started giving the lead away that it started to affect the offense and C.J. Stroud and all those guys because you could just feel the air coming out of the stadium. But the confusion on the defense was inexcusable. Now, which, which direction do you go here? Well, Jim Knowles has all this time to prepare. You know, he's extra time. They didn't have to play a championship game. You know, he could he could teach them. He could study film, all this stuff. He had defensive backs running into each other like they were Keystone Cops. It was it was like a, 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 a 20s silent film comedy routine in the secondary with these guys. Does that really get better in this game against Georgia, against a Kirby Smart coached team? I'm not quite sure it does. But I do think Kirby Smart is going to look at it and say, listen, if this offense from Ohio State is on point, they're going to be able to move the ball on us. I want to run the ball. I want to control the clock. I want to create that kind of situation. I want to set the tone.
if that happens, you could see a scenario where maybe you have a lower scoring first quarter. Then again, Ohio State hasn't slowed anyone down. They give up 30 points to Maryland, over 400 yards of offense in that game. The Penn State game, Penn State should have beaten them. Penn State absolutely should have beaten them. Penn State was up and down the field when they weren't throwing the ball, when Sean Clifford wasn't tossing it to defensive linemen, okay, uh, in one case for a pick six. So Ohio State, regardless of the, the unprepared nature of what you saw versus Michigan, that's beside the point. That defense has never really been that good this year against any kind of decent competition. So for me, it's over 62 or nothing in that game. Quickly with the NFL. We're just going to bounce around some of the games coming up this week. Not all of them, but let's get a look at some of the, the week ahead. Week 17 of the NFL right here. Recording a little late this week, so the Cowboys have already disposed of the Titans. The Titans basically sat half their defense last night. Very strange. Giants, win and you're in against the Colts. The Giants are five and a half point favorites as we speak. That line should probably be a little bit higher pressure situation that's what you get this time of year can the Giants for the first time in a long time most of these players have not been in this scenario Daniel Jones Saquon the, the guys on defense Ojolari uh, Kibon Thibodeau is, is starting they're starting to step up once they've gotten healthy that defensive line is very real the Colts offensive line is a disaster to me Giants are nothing there bottom line Cardinals and Falcons it'll be a who can't score contest 42 is probably a little high here especially as much as the uh, Falcons like to run the clock. Arthur Smith just loves grinding clock. Desmond Ritter has been a little weird to watch, uh, to, say, to say the least there. Cardinals offensive line is shot. Colt McCoy comes back, though, uh, instead of Trace McSorley. Maybe Cliff Kingsbury opens up the playbook instead of trying to bore you to death like he did Sunday night. Lions and Bears, we'll see if Justin Fields plays in this game. I think he will. Completely, completely beat up. Uh, Lions are now six-point favorites, probably where that line should be. 52. If Justin Fields is healthy, the total's too low. They'll go back and forth like they did in Chicago, but... Big if. I, I know his numbers are good. By the way, don't judge a lot of these guys. Understand if you're going to look over stats, the stats from last week are going to cloud any situation because the weather was dog shit in like two-thirds of the games last week. So bear that in mind. When you say, well, Josh, Justin Fields wasn't very good last week. The winds were like 30 miles an hour in Chicago, and the, the temperature was below freezing. We factored in the wind. Broncos and Chiefs, I think we know how that's going to go. Dolphins and Patriots, fascinating. New England is now a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The total is 41. You can get the Dolphins team total in this game under 20, and that's where I think I'm going to go this week. Teddy Bridgewater is going to start because Mike McDaniel thinks it's funny to let his concussed quarterback go back out there in the second half. I was on the Dolphins team total over 20 points in the first half on Sunday, 11 yards per play in the first half on Sunday, and I'm watching a room full of people, and they're like, well, you're really good at this. I'm like, yeah, I am. This is how this year has gone. Nothing in the second half, and then it turns out, oh, by the way, Tua was playing with a concussion, which would explain some of those interceptions. He threw interceptions in the second half. I watched a couple of them, and I'm like, this, he, it looks like he's throwing to the Packers. It looks like he's throwing to the wrong team. That's how bad that was. That was that's an absolute disgrace what's been allowed to go on in Miami this year. And, and I, I got to be honest with you. New coach, rookie coach, complicated offense, sophisticated mind, cool guy. He's on the talk shows. Oh, he's, he's kind of slick. He's kind of smooth. I'm tired of that kid. I'm absolutely tired of this. There is no excuse for him. You want to say, well, the head coach has a lot to do. There's no excuse for the guys from the NFL who are supposed to be spotting these things. And there's no excuse for this Miami staff. Bottom line, Mike McDaniel can give all the press conferences he wants about doing right by the player. It's complete and utter horseshit. Okay, you're going to end this kid's career with this nonsense, and Tua's got to take a hit here too. But there's a reason, as one of my followers on Twitter said, and remember, follow me on Twitter at BCAKTheMan. He said, isn't the whole point of all these protocols to take it out of the player's hands? Absolutely. Absolutely 100% right. So spare me the inspire change messages on the hel helmets. S spare me the it takes all of us messaging in the end zone. Spare me the videos with, hey, army daddy's home, and now he's proposing to mommy, and oh, it's the greatest thing ever. You know what? I'm tired of that shit. Protect the players. You're going to end this kid's fucking career with this nonsense. 
I'm not kidding. Anyway, on that note, I think Teddy Bridgewater at the helm is going to be a little windy in New England. Miami team total over. When you have a quarterback that's actually, you know, not seeing triple, I think that this offense moves the ball. Patriots are all banged up in the secondary. Saints-Eagles uh, Eagles are six-and-a-half-point favorites. That line will pop up if Jalen Hurts is announced as the starter. I'd be more concerned if A.J. Brown is playing. As you saw, uh, some of Jalen Hurts' success this year, just if we go by last Saturday as a sort of barometer, might be attributable to the presence of A.J. Brown. Just how it is. Jalen Hurts is definitely an upgrade over Gardner Minshew, but is he that significant of an upgrade? Not necessarily. does open up your playbook quite a bit. However, uh, I do recall A.J. Brown doing quite well in Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill as his quarterback. Why don't you take a moment now and tell me how well Ryan Tannehill's been doing this year? Go ahead. I'll wait. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, I would look at the, the Eagles possibly there as a teaser leg. I think that leg that line goes up. Panthers and Bucks. The Panthers and Bucks are playing seven and eight Bucks against the six and nine Panthers, and the Bucks needed overtime to get past the Cardinals, who were terrible. Oh, that's ugly. Um, by the way, the Bucks game plan against the Cardinals. Tom Brady was just throwing quick hitter after quick hitter. That was like it was almost like he said to Byron Leftwich, "Look, uh, I got cleaned out by this Sam Bankman Freed guy, and I'm going to need to play for a few more years longer than I even planned." I'm not getting hit. Don't let anyone hit me. That's it. I'm just throwing the ball. I'm not holding the ball more than like 0.8 seconds, and that's it. I don't want anyone touching me ever. So, Bucks Panthers Sunday, basically for the NFC South. Browns and Commanders, beware here. Commanders need this game to stay alive in the playoffs, pretty much, for all intents and purposes. The Browns don't need anything. They've been underachieving all year. Look out for those games. I'm telling you, those are the games to look out for. You say, oh, it's got to be Washington. The Browns have nothing to play for. That's not the case anymore, guys. Sometimes teams are playing for their coaches, and sometimes the teams are laying down because they don't like the coach. I get all that. Okay, but sometimes the teams play for their coaches. But in this day and age, there's cameras everywhere. The players know they're being seen. They know they are one play away from being a highlight real guy and, and having their image all over the place, and that ups their value. That ups their branding. It just does. Guys don't necessarily just mail it in because their season mathematically is over. just doesn't work that way. Jags, Texans, this is fascinating. The Texans are 2-12-1. They're playing a lot better. They got some of their guys back. Their pass rush is actually pretty good. Their defense as a whole is not, but they're actually playing much better. Uh, they're holding onto the football a little better than they were early on in the year. That's always a big factor. The crappiest teams in the league, I, year in, year out. You show me the five worst teams in the league record-wise, and I'll show four. Show you at least four of them who are minus in turnovers. That's just how it is year in, year out. The Jags now with a big game. Can they handle this now? Can Trevor Lawrence and company handle a must-win game to go ahead and set themselves up for a division title? And they would, if they would be, I think they would set them up for a win-and-you're-in scenario against the Titans in the final week of the season. Niners-Raiders. This line is now up to Niners minus 9.5. For those of you considering a teaser leg before the quarterback change was announced, obviously Derek Carr will not play quarterback. Derek Carr will not be with the team anymore this season in Las Vegas and probably not ever again. Devontae Adams went to Las Vegas to play with Derek Carr, so we'll see what sort of chain reaction uh, occurs in Las Vegas. Very interesting. Uh, I was on the Raiders on Sunday night, or was it Saturday night? Uh, Saturday night, excuse me, in Pittsburgh, team total over. They go and march down the field, first drive, touchdown. The rest of that game was pure dysfunction, including by the coach. At the end of that first half, uh, it basically is, is the whole thing in a nutshell. They, they took 40 seconds in between plays. They're right around midfield, and Josh McDaniel is just draining the clock. All he wants to do is drain clock, this, this guy. There's a bunch of coaches out there. Let's just drain the clock. Let's just melt the clock. You're in the final minute of the half. You've got timeouts. What are you doing? About 200 yards of total offense for the Raiders. A little misleading, though, because two of those interceptions from Derek Carr were, were with receivers wide open. That would have not only added yardage to their you know, total yards, but it would have kept the drive going. So a little bit misleading there. I know the weather was bad. It wasn't that bad. Okay, I'm not a complete moron. 
I understand the weather was bad on Saturday night. It was bad a lot of places. I know it gets bad in Pittsburgh. The weather was not that severe to explain away this performance. Josh McDaniels did a terrible job with play calling this year. Cost that team the game. Cost me a game. Another one. At Los Angeles a couple weeks ago on Thursday night. But Derek Carr was atrocious. And it looks like they've had enough of him in Las Vegas. Do I think this is a little bit rash? Do I think this is a little weird after you just give the guy a big extension? I do. But I also understand he was terrible on Saturday night. That's the risk you take in the NFL if you don't show up to play. I don't care if it's Christmas weekend or not. I don't care. That was a dreadful performance by Derek Carr. Absolutely dreadful. You wonder also if the Raiders, um, how much fight they're going to have left in this game. Niners, this game is still significant for seeding and, and, and everything else. Look, I know it's New Year's weekend in Las Vegas. I would expect the Niners to show up for this game. I would. I'm not quite sure about the Raiders. I mean, it is Jared Stidham, after all. Jets, Seahawks, playoff game basically here. Both teams are 7-8. and eight. Both teams uh, go in the wrong direction. Let's just say that. The Jets' offensive line, I, it almost looked like they were trying to get Zach Wilson killed on Thursday night. That was ridiculous. I know they put another quarterback in for the Jets. And if you just look at the stats, it's, oh, look at this guy. He ran, he did this. Totally different kind of quarterback. That guy is a totally different quarterback than Zach Wilson. He's big. He's strong. You could do a lot of a zone read options with him. He did a lot of running. He could throw a little bit. But he threw a pass where the crowd roared. All got on their feet. He threw a first down pass just across midfield. He threw it behind the guy. He threw it behind his own tight end. Otherwise, the guy just rumbles down the field for a touchdown. If Zach Wilson had thrown that pass, they'd be throwing beers at him. Simple as that. The Jets fans are just nuts. And unfortunately, Zach Wilson just hasn't worked out yet. Um, we'll see if Tyler Lockett is back for the Seahawks in this game. I think he's going to be. Uh, but they're coming off a real dud in Kansas City. So two teams that are just desperate for a win. Two teams that had so much promise this year really just sort of mirrored each other. It's going to be fascinating. And remember something, a little familiarity here. Robert Salah, right? Defensive coordinator for the Niners. Now he goes into Seattle. So we'll see how this plays out. The Packers now three and a half point favorites over the Vikings. The Vikings have tiptoed through the raindrops better than anyone. Should have lost to the Giants last week. 100% should have lost to the Giants. What you want to know, though, before you take the Packers here is Christian Watson playing. That's what you got to keep your eye on. If Christian Watson's not playing, proceed with caution. Rams Chargers. I am on the Chargers as a teaser leg on the back end of a teaser with the Bills from last week. This line is down to six and a half because the Rams are all of a sudden playing a little better. I don't get carried away with Christmas Day blowouts. I just don't because the effort level isn't necessarily going to be consistent with what you've seen from teams throughout the year. I don't think the Rams are suddenly solved. I think this is a good spot for the Chargers. Let's see if Brandon Staley can keep from sabotaging his own team in a big spot here. Steelers-Ravens gets flexed to Sunday night because the Rams and Chargers got flexed out of it. Um, Lamar Jackson, I don't think is going to play. The line tells you he's not. Baltimore minus two and a half here. I would look at the Steelers as a teaser like seven and eight. I think they're still mathematically eligible uh, for the playoffs, right? I think they're I, th I think they're still alive here. Um, also fighting for something else. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. Steelers need to win out to make that happen. The Ravens' offense is just weird without Lamar there, and Lamar's got his own issues. He's a little quirky. He makes he makes some goofy moves, but he's still when it comes to the at the end of the day. I mean, he is he is really he's a significant upgrade over Tyler Huntley, even with all the drama that he brings to the table and some of the inconsistency. Tyler Huntley very disappointing in some of these starts. Really, the, the play calling hasn't been great either. But, but certainly neither is Tyler Huntley. And then Bills-Bengals. You couldn't get a better final Monday night game of the season than Bills-Bengals. If the Bengals can win this game, they would actually hold a tiebreaker over the Bills. Two teams desperately want this game. The Bengals haven't clinched the division yet. You've got the, the Bills here trying for home field advantage, which will be the most significant home field advantage in the league. I mean, having to go through Buffalo in January would be a nightmare for most of these teams. 
Also check the weather there. It's supposed to be a little bit rainy, maybe windy. Just kind of keep updated on the weather there. I might take a shot, especially live, with a Buffalo team total over there. Um, I think Buffalo can move the football effectively against that Cincinnati defense, which might be just a little overrated. So for now, Miami team total over 19.5, Georgia and Ohio State over 62 in semifinal number two in the college football playoff. And with that, that is all the time we got this week on The Air Attack. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you check out Facebook.com slash The Air Attack and follow me on Twitter at BCAK the man and remember the air attack with BC the man can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Anchor app. Subscribe and share today. Let's close the year out with Lace. All right, all right. I am BC the man. Happy New Year, guys. We'll see you next time on the air attack. Somewhere in MIA No worries, we do this every day We get the cake, so no mistake Ain't nothing fake in the morning, we can bake And then we ride, you know we slide To the other side, all night we gon' vibe Gon' drink and smoke, so roll up I know you about that, so shout it, turn up You got money, you make them big bucks On Instagram with your big buck, huh? I like your style, I like your smile Let's get wild for a while, maybe have a child high I'm just joking, smoking something potent Cause you know that getting to the money's more important You a boss girl, and I'm a boss too So let's do what we do and make the boss moves I got your number so I'ma call you And this is what I thought when I saw you I see you looking good girl I see you looking good girl I see you getting money girl I see you getting money girl I see you riding clean girl I see you riding clean girl Alright, 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 alright I see you looking good girl Looking like a queen, all about your green, every day pursue your dream. You bossed up, you laced out, cause you out here on the grind, doing what they ain't about. You ain't about no drama, ain't worry about these hoes. You laughing at these niggas, you focused on your goals. I-N-D-E, girl, you independent. M-I-A, 305, girl, I represent it. You a hustler, I'm a hustler, thing in common. Let's get this money, I know you hear it calling. Dumb sucker haters, they fear to see us falling. They want to see us falling, but they won't. Because we can't, laughing straight to the bank. After that, we blowing dank, so shout it what you think. You deserve a man, a man that understands. Step before this love, we gotta get them grants. Business before pleasure. Yeah, mama, do your thing in more cheddar. Holla at your boy whenever. And this the last thing I had to tell ya. I see you looking good, girl. I see you looking good, girl. I see you getting money, girl. I see you getting money, girl. I see you riding clean, girl. I see you riding clean, girl. Alright, 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 alright. I see you looking good, girl. Left it straight to the bank. Left it straight to the bank. Left it straight to the bank. Left it straight to the bank.
Life is straight to the bank. Life is straight to the bank.